0: Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, aspiring minimalist, and plant medicine explorer.
1: And I'm Karik Morinaga, yoga studio employee, climbing gym employee, and independent contractor. Each week, we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga philosophy, principle, or theme.
0: This week's topic is the Sanskrit word dharana, which translates loosely into concentration.
1: We've been working our way through the eight limbs of yoga from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and we're on number six now. In some ways, we have talked about the eight limbs of yoga being like spokes on a wheel and we can, from the center, from the hub of the wheel, work our way out and experience and practice any of the eight limbs. Another way that we could look at the eight limbs is like a ladder. And we could start with the first limb and climb our way up to the top. If we were to look at it as a ladder, then the first five limbs are leading us to dharana, which is concentration. The idea is that when we are at peace with the world and with ourselves, when we're able to sit in a comfortable posture, when we're able to breathe easily, when we're able to withdraw our senses, then we have the ability to then concentrate.
0: Something that came up for me when I was reading about this is wondering about whether concentration, dharana, is, is it a process or is it a single point? And I realized that it's, it's both. It is a destination and the process of arriving to that destination. And really, when you think about it, it's the process of coming into the present and seeing exactly what's in front of you and holding the awareness of what's in front of you for as long as possible before you start to associate it with something that's happened in the past or will happen in the future. So it's this very elaborate process of coming into the moment, seeing what's here and staying here, which is really challenging to do because our mind wants to look at the computer in front of us and think, oh, What about that other time I was looking at a computer? Oh, I was wearing shoes when I was looking at the computer then. I wonder what kind of shoes Marilyn Monroe was wearing. And then your mind just starts to take you into all these spirals. And so Dharana is the process of arriving into the moment and staying here for as long as possible.
1: Just going back to the spokes on the wheel versus the ladder, in the ladder analogy, that would be the destination that you're talking about. So then Dharana is that rung on the ladder, the sixth rung on the ladder, and you have to get there by going through the first five. And then if we think about the spokes on the wheel, then Dharana is just one of the spokes. It's one of the processes on the wheel. So I like the way you're thinking, splitting things into Dharana concentration as is it the process is it the thing that we're practicing is it the thing that we're doing or is it where we're going is it the place that we want to get to and i think what we're saying now is that it is both it just depends on your perspective it depends on how you want to look at it
0: in the sutras dharana is defined in one way as the binding of the mind to one place object or idea And so we can look at it as the process of binding and also the accomplishment of it being bound for however long you're able to keep that focus, to keep that concentration because you've accomplished the five limbs leading up to it. And I think it's really important to emphasize how many, there are five whole limbs of yoga that you have to work through in order to get to concentration, which explains why it's really hard to concentrate and focus on some things, because you have to practice these other virtues and and ways of being that then enable you to wake up in the present moment and really see what's here without all of these other competing stimuli or thoughts or distractions. And you're able to really have the present moment revealed?
1: I think it's interesting that with Dharana, in the context of the Yoga Sutras, we cross over from book two, the sadhana pada, which simply means the the practice chapter. And we cross over into the vibhuti pada, which is the accomplishments chapter. And I've often heard it, translated as the the powers of yoga chapter. When we covered Pratyahara, the mastery of the senses, we were still in book two in the last two sutras, 54 and 55. And then as we cross over into concentration, now we're in book three, verse one, sutra one. And so in some ways this is, an accomplishment to reach this point in the practice. It's a power that we have gained a mastery over all of these other things, our ability to sit for a few moments, uh, our ability to draw our attention inwards for a few moments so that we can concentrate so that we have this ability to focus in and tame our minds, which can pull us in so many different directions as you mentioned we're constantly going off on tangents in our heads following little strings of thought and they take us everywhere and in many ways i think that especially for us as human beings today with all of the technology that we have we're conditioned for our minds to get pulled in different directions we are all subject to apps and content that are specifically designed to pull our attention to the latest and greatest thing, to hold our attention in one direction where we may not want it to go. We go down rabbit holes in Instagram or follow threads on Facebook that entice us and pull us and distract us in ways that intentionally meant to pull us away from this ability to concentrate.
0: In some ways though, this type of technology really mirrors the nature of the mind. So in some ways, it's just the mind manifest outside of ourselves, because if you've ever been in like an Instagram or YouTube spiral, you start looking at one person's profile and then it takes you to the next person's profile. And then an hour later, you're in just like the depths of something, some really strange topic that you didn't intend to. And that's kind of what happens inside of our heads sometimes. We think about one thing and then it leads us to the next thing. And if we're kind of left to that monkey mind nature, we can end up in really weird places. Something that really struck me was That In the sutras, it says that concentration is the beginning of meditation. When we start to concentrate, when we start to practice dharana, it is the beginning of the inward practice of meditation. So it's taking a breath and starting to focus with the intention of staying where you are instead of jumping to the next post or the next thought
1: the first five limbs then we can see as sort of creating the conditions to even get ready to meditate. And then concentration, this limb is that beginning step.
0: Something that, and this is a little bit of a teaser for the next two limbs and and what happens when all eight limbs of yoga are practiced. When you combine dharana, and then the next two limbs, Diana and samadhi, you reach something that's called Samyama. And the idea behind Samiyama is that it's a level of, of concentration or focus that is so profound and deep that when it's focused on one idea or object, that idea or object opens up and reveals itself. And it's really... It's concentration that leads to the revelation of truth. That's why we practice the eight limbs of yoga is to be able to get out of our own way, focus on something and see what amazing secrets it has for us. Because we forget sometimes that we live in this magical, mystical world that we understand probably a decimal of of 1% of. And, and so this practice of being able to focus on one thing for long enough is really a practice of learning truth, of being open to receive the truth of, of being.
1: I like that a lot. A more physical example of that would be learning a new skill. So if we're interested in learning to play the guitar, then it's going to be helpful if we sit down with the guitar and practice for a long period of time, hours on end perhaps, if every time we pick up the guitar we get distracted after five minutes, it will be a very long time before we master playing the guitar or whatever new skill that you are trying to acquire, cooking, photography, singing, anything that we're trying to do If our minds carry us off in different directions, immediately we get distracted. How are we ever going to get the deeper knowledge of that new skill or the thing that we're studying? We could even apply that just to picking up knowledge about the world. If we want to know more about a topic, if we want to know more about a person, if we jump on Google and start our search and immediately get distracted by the ad or immediately get distracted by a second thought or another search, then we're not going to learn very much. We're not going to learn very much truth about our original intention, our original study.
0: I love that you tied it to skills. That's so true. When you focus on something for long enough, it continues to reveal itself to you. I find this a lot when it comes to to people and conversations. If you ask a person a question and then immediately become distracted when they answer, you're leaving your understanding of them at such a surface level, but it is a beautiful practice to talk to someone and just focus on what they're saying and really engage with them and just that practice that energy allows them to open up so much to you and for things to be revealed which is really really amazing and i think is a, a bit of a lost art at the moment so durana has this capacity to create revelation in whatever the subject in front of you is on and off the map
1: that is such a difficult practice for me is to really focus on what The person right in front of me is saying, I'm always, and not on purpose, but my mind just does this automatically. I'm always formulating my response or thinking about what I'm going to say next, even while the person is still talking to me. Just concentrating enough on what's right in front of me can be so very difficult, but as you say, it's so very important and can create such depth and connection between ourselves and whoever's right in front of us. And and I agree, it's kind of this lost art.
0: It is, it is. To take it to the mat for a moment, all of this can be applied to yoga poses. Applying dharana to the pose that you're in offers you this opportunity to have the pose reveal itself to you. Often, if you're in a pose that you don't really like, kind of like if you're talking to a person that you don't really like, you often just leave it really surface level and maybe don't even really go that Mm -hmm. deeply into it or your mind is elsewhere and you don't ever really give it the chance to reveal itself to you. And so Dharana is this practice of giving everything the opportunity to show itself to you. For me, I know, one of your favorite yoga poses is side angle pose. And it's funny because it's one of my least favorites. Like I start to get a little bit crazy in side angle pose every time. Learning to just concentrate on it and be there with it is, is one of still being open to what it has to reveal beyond really, really intense hip stretching. And so I think it's important to note that a really important practice of Dharana is on things that you feel inclined not to concentrate on.
1: One of my favorite things about the Anasara practice is that it is a little slower or maybe a lot slower than many other modalities of fitness and or yoga styles. It gives me as a teacher and me as a student, the opportunity to really focus on what I'm trying to accomplish in the pose. It helps me to unlock the secrets of the pose. It helps me to discover the truth of the pose. When I'm in it for a little bit longer, it gives me the opportunity to concentrate on it, to focus on it, to really practice dharana in a very physical way it is often much more difficult to focus on the poses that I'm not as comfortable with or the ones that I don't like. So side angle pose for you. And I don't really know what pose for me, like really distracts me. I'd have to think about it a little bit. I think in the poses that are easy and familiar to me, I have an easy time focusing. And then in the poses that are hard for me, the difficult poses, then I feel like i exert my own effort and concentration even more so now that i say it i think it's maybe the easier poses that are harder for me to concentrate in in the hard poses a back bend a big twist something where i'm having a hard time balancing that's all i can think about is the pose like i'm not worried about my grocery list or what I have to do this weekend or next week, I'm not worried about my to-do list. When I'm bouncing in a handstand, that is all I can think about is not falling on my face. What my body is doing, what I need to do, I'm fully in that pose, I'm concentrating on the pose. And that to me is dharana. And if I'm lucky, I get those moments of, what was the word that you used?
0: oh samyama
1: samyama and i think that's when i get the moments of samyama where everything everything comes into focus i get this moment of where everything is just even and flows it doesn't happen all the time but if i'm lucky i get that moment
0: it's really interesting because i think sometimes concentration in really hard poses or really hard moments in life is easier. And that's great because we need as much concentration as we can get. And like you said, it's also just as important to find Durana in the easier poses or in the more blissful moments in life. And sometimes if you've been through a lot in your life and you're having a really quiet moment where everything is is going well, your mind starts to race because you are accustomed to only being able to concentrate where things are really challenging. And it's, it's a beautiful practice to be able to concentrate on what's in front of you, even when there isn't this tremendous challenge as well. It's different for people. Some people are are more easily focused in easy poses and, some people more easily focus in harder poses. Neither is better or worse. It's just something interesting to observe in your own practice and in your life. Are you more present when things are challenging? Are you more present when things are less challenging? And how can you balance it out so that you're bringing that same level of of concentration and curiosity to every moment?
1: I think another way that yoga helps us to concentrate, to practice dharana is it helps us to simply put down our phones and disconnect from the world for an hour or an hour and a half and just be alone with ourselves on the mat and maybe a few other people in the class. It gives us the time to focus and concentrate on ourselves, physically, our bodies, mentally, the things that are going through our heads, to be on the mat with our emotions. And if we're lucky, we get a glimpse of our hearts. I do think that in some ways, the trends in yoga, and I think we've talked about many of these in past episodes, but the trends in yoga are often following some of the distractions and sort of this monkey mind attitude. And we're seeing things like shorter and shorter classes. I remember a time, I feel so old saying that, when I was a boy, all yoga classes were 90 minutes. And now we see yoga classes getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So 75 minute classes, one hour classes, even shorter than that, I see now 45 minute classes popping up on schedules pretty regularly. And in some ways, I feel like we're catering to that monkey mind. People don't have time. They don't want to concentrate or just be with themselves on the mat for 90 minutes. That's too long now for many people. The fitness trends are more towards 30, 45 minutes, especially when we start looking at things like online yoga or streaming yoga, then the classes are even shorter and we're just playing into that. Instead of, instead of leaning into and diving into the practice of concentration of dharana. And I think that's unfortunate. I also think that sometimes the context of the yoga class is designed to distract us as well. We'll see different types of yoga where you'll get overstimulated in one of the senses as a way to sort of distract you from what's going on in your mind. And I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Maybe it gives you something to concentrate on. So for example, if the music is super loud and it's your favorite hip hop song, then you just get to concentrate on that. Or if the temperature is super hot and you're just dripping sweat and you're so focused on how hot things are, you just get to focus on that. Different classes now have different these different focuses, and maybe that's exactly what it is. It's a different way to concentrate on one of the senses or one thing. And I suppose that could be a good thing. We can look at it from a very positive point of view. But at the same time, I think it's different from the intention, for example, of the eight limbs of yoga, where everything was leading towards this more internal concentration and not on something outside. Having something external or one thing to focus on can be a good thing. Just like for me, focusing on the handstand, which is kind of an external thing, focusing on what I'm doing with my body, is sort of an external thing.
0: I think we forget how good concentration feels. I actually, yesterday, had this moment where I came out of maybe 10 minutes of really deep concentration of something I was working on. I'll be real with you. It's taken me years to learn how to concentrate. In fact, in looking over everything for this episode, I realized, wow, I've been going through this process of learning yoga in my own life. It's taken me years to learn how to be able to sit down and just get something done. Yesterday I was at this lovely tea shop in the Alberta district of Portland. I had a golden milk latte and the sun was coming in. And I worked on some emails with just pure concentration for 10 minutes, which is like not that long, but I was just there. And then I came out of that concentration And just felt like I was in heaven. And so much of the time, like concentrating on something feels like this burden or this responsibility or requires this discipline that we are fighting with every fiber of our being. I certainly have, but I'm starting to connect with it in 10 minute segments and sometimes less. And I'm just reminded more and more that it feels really good to be in that level of concentration. So may we remember the the heavenly feeling of being fixated on just one thing so that its truth can be revealed to us and we can just be these curious explorers of the world.
1: It does feel really good to focus on one thing and... I think generally, when we're focused on one thing, we get something out of it. We learn a truth or we get something done. You know, so even in that 10 minutes that you're super focused, super concentrated, you get so much done just in 10 minutes than if you are working on something for an hour and you're distracted by every little thing around you and on your phone and on your computer. I do feel like. I am very aware of when I get distracted when I'm trying to do too many things, which I do all the time. Some days I have five different tasks to do and then I'll jump back and forth between the five tasks and I just have to stop myself and take a step back and then I'll write out the five tasks and then I'll just do them in order, one at a time, focusing on each one to get them done. And then being on the yoga mat is, great place to practice dharana to really focus on ourselves and what we're doing be in a pose for a minute or so and and just really tinker with that pose until the truth is revealed
0: i love that it's also important to concentrate on the transitions on the mat just as much what do you, I know you mentioned a couple ways that it was hard for you to concentrate, but are there any other particular things that you struggle with concentrating on or that where you find yourself getting extra distracted?
1: You know, I think like almost everyone, being online and being on the phone is so very difficult. Even when I'm thinking of you know, something that I I want to know the answer to and I hop onto a web browser and I pull Google up and I search for something, then five minutes later, I forget what I was searching for. You know, I think that happens to all of us where I go on Instagram to check my messages and suddenly 30 minutes later, I've been scrolling through stories for too long it's a real challenge to pull back. So sometimes for me, it's really just taking a break from those things, not using Instagram for a while or taking a break from the computer. I think that technology and media, social media have really fragmented and distracted our minds in a lot of ways. And I think it's interesting that you, conceptualized it as it's really just mirroring our minds and and I agree it is it's it's very much a reflection of what goes on in our heads and I think that because of the way that these apps and the internet is designed it's it's pulling us even more in that direction it's distracting us more Instagram is created to pull our minds in different directions, to give us a few seconds of content. And then then we want to move on to the next piece of content, stories or feeds. They're not intended to help us concentrate. They're not intended to just reflect our minds, but really to even make it kind of worse. I think we all struggle with that. And I feel like I'm getting better at it. I feel like it's more or less under control at this point and yoga helps with that.
0: I mean, our minds are complicated enough having the internet as a manifestation of our mind. It's like holding up two mirrors to each other and it's just this like infinity of distraction. In some ways thinking of the internet as a as a as the mind manifests it makes it feel less evil to me because it reminds me that it's a part of us like and our resentment toward it is just a resentment of ourselves. And just like we have the ability through these eight limbs to control the mind, sometimes we can control our relationship to the internet and really anything else. It's funny, I have trouble concentrating on on activities that don't have like a productive outcome. So things like listening to music or dancing, or yesterday I walked by one of those places where you can like paint a mug or bowl. And my friend was like, oh, we should do this. And in my head, I was just like, what a waste of time. Like, can't, I just want to skip to the part where it's done and i realized that when i when i don't know the the outcome of an activity or it's not going to make me more something i have a really hard time concentrating on the activity and this is like the whole foundation of yoga so hopefully i'll get better at it at some point before i die but i find my mind wandering quite a bit when I'm doing something just for fun because my mind is kind of looking for like, well, okay, what's this helping you get closer to? So that's something I notice in myself and I'd love to soften a little bit. May we continue to use the practice of dharana to focus and concentrate and enjoy having life revealed to us over and over again.
1: We'd love to hear from you, our listeners, about how you are receiving and interacting with some of the topics that we've been chatting about. And we'd love to hear how Dharana affects you, concentration. Where do you struggle? What are your practices? How do you conceptualize this either practice or accomplishment of concentration?
0: Yeah, we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. A five-star review helps us be revealed to more yogis. Give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is at yoga.chit.chats where we announce new episodes. We would also love for you to become a Patreon patron, part of our community. We're open to receive your support so that we can create more content our Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash yoga chitchat. And then you can always give us a visit on our website, www.yogachitchat.com. We have all the different ways that you can listen to our episodes, some blog posts. I think that's it.
1: Think that's it too. Thanks everyone.
0: See you next time.